are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, emergency podcast time because uh, <laughs> we had just recorded and published an episode of Locked On Mariners and Thank you, by the way, for making us your first listen of the day. Right after we published it, Jerry DePoto, and, and please ignore the title of the last <laughs> the last episode because that was titled Paging Jerry DePoto. Well, he is here. He has arrived. He has answered our calls. Huge, huge, huge trade already announced by both teams. The Mariners acquiring Jesse Winker, outfielder, and A. Eugenio Suarez, third baseman, from the Cincinnati Reds for left-handed pitching prospect Brandon Williamson, right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn, outfielder Jake Fraley, and a player to be named later who there's quite a bit of speculation about that. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but this is going to be a uh, differently structured episode than usual because we're just kind of doing it on the fly. But Colby, what is your initial reaction to the steal? Chills. DePoto does it again. I mean... <laughs> Like, look, I, I, I know that there's a lot of people like, oh, my, this is robbery. This is all that. And then I get it. I really do. Uh, Brandon Williamson's mm-hmm. a good prospect, a very good prospect, uh, probably a number three ceiling. Uh, a lot of people thought he was the number two prospect in the Mariner, uh, number two pitching prospect in the Mariner system right now. And it seems like the Mariners may have agreed. But again, you're talking about Williamson. Who maybe can maybe can, could have come up and helped you this year. For Jesse Winker, who, let's just say it, is the most underrated hitter in baseball. I don't think it's close. Um, Ty and I were talking before the show, and I'm just going to rattle off this name, uh, this this list for you guys here. Um, Including all players who had at least as many uh, played, or including all players who had at least 450 plate appearances, which is just below the mark for qualification for league leader categories. Jesse Winker posted a 148 WRC plus. Here's a list of players with higher WRC pluses than what Jesse Winker did last year, who, by the way, is only 27 years old. The list includes Bryce Harper, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Shohei Otani, and that is the entire list. (laughs) He is tied with Aaron Judge for sixth. He is ahead of guys like Kyle Tucker, Matt Olson, Brian Reynolds, Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Ramirez, Brandon Lau, Cedric Mullins, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, and Rafael Devers, to name a few. There wasn't a yeah. better bat available for the Mariners to acquire than Jesse Winker, who, oh, by the way, is a left-handed hitter, which correct me if I'm wrong, Ty was a pretty big need for the Mariners. And we were all kind of wondering where it was going to come from. And, Oh, not only did they go get a left-handed bat, they got arguably the third best left-handed bat in all of baseball behind Juan Soto and Shohei Otani. Is that where the did say that he needed to add a left-handed element to his, uh, to his lineup. He sure did. (laughs) Now is that worth is two years of that worth six years of Brandon Williamson? who hasn't made his major league debut yet. Uh, yes. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do that deal every day yeah. of the week and twice yeah. on Sunday. So it's an absolute steal for the Mariners. Now we don't yet know what the player, who the player to be named later is. We've seen some speculation that maybe it's 
Kyle Lewis or Taylor Trammell. I personally don't believe that. I believe it's going to be some one of the young outfielders um, in the Mariners system. My guess is still Victor Labrada, but I think George Feliz makes some sense here. I think on the high end, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's somebody a little bit better. But I, I just I don't think it is. I really don't. I think it's going to be somebody like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Kylie McDaniel's has said that it's a top twenty prospect in the Mariners system. Uh, one that they gave a 40 future value grade to, which is a pretty good prospect. So it's not going to be nothing, but it's it seems like it's probably not going to be anybody who was realistically going to help you this year. So the deal is it's it's a it's a grand slam. I mean, there's just no reason to doubt it. Um, and the Mariners get huge credit for using their flexibility in their payroll creatively because they don't get this deal done at this price unless they take on Suarez's contract, um, which honestly isn't even that bad, but they did it because they were able to. And as a result, they get, they make this huge move. And, um, honestly, I, I think, I, I, I think the Astros should be a little bit worried. Um, they're not quite there yet, but I, I think the Astros should be a little yeah, bit. L- let's see what else they do here, which sure. we're going to talk about mm-hmm. later on in the show. But, um, yeah, Jesse Winker, really good baseball player. <laughs> I think I think we've established that. Let's talk about Suarez though. Right. So Suarez, um, you're taking on a little bit of money here with Suarez. Uh, he's under club control through 2025. Uh, it's 11 million dollars this year, 11 million dollars next year, 11 million dollars in 2024, and then there's a 15 million dollar uh, club option, which let's be real, probably not going to get picked up. But uh, Suarez doesn't really hit for average, doesn't get on base a ton, but he hits a ton of bombs. At the very least, he should be fairly in line with 2021 Kyle Seeger. Am I wrong in that assessment? No, I think I think it's a low batting average. Um, probably going to strike out a little bit more than Seeger, uh, but I think he's probably going to walk a little bit more, and the power is is going to come a little bit easier for him. Uh, so no, I I think the defense is about the same. Honestly, uh, Suarez might be a little bit better. It's a little difficult to judge because last year they they tried to force Suarez to play shortstop, and he should never step mm-hmm. foot at that position again. <laughs> he is a true third yeah. baseman. Keep him there. Um, yeah, I think twenty twenty one Seager is a fair expectation uh, for Suarez. So last year, thirty one home runs for Suarez, but one ninety eight, two eighty six, four twenty eight slash line. Before that, though, listen to the WRC pluses here. Twenty eighteen. 135. The year before that, he was at 116. Then in 2019, he was at 130. 2020, shortened season, of course, slash 202, 312, 470 with a 101 WRC plus. And then, of course, the numbers that I mentioned last year. But look, this guy is just really a one and a half seasons removed from being an all-star caliber player. So there's upside here as well. There's a potential that, hey, maybe you, uh, yeah, you eh, it's going to be hard to say that name. <laughs> I'm going to learn it, though. But Eugenio Suarez, there it is. I got it that time. He uh, he's 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 a damn good player, man. He's a damn good player when he's on. So there's there's potential here that maybe he gets back to that. So what do you what do you think about the prospects of that? Maybe him getting back to to that kind of level of production. I think it's unlikely, but it's it's obviously not zero. Um, 
you know, Suarez is just 30 years old. Um, so it's not like he's, he's well past his prime. And, and you know, I mean, again, the last two years, pretty bad, still hit 31 home runs, uh, this year. I, I think, I think it's going to come down to whether or not he can get that K percentage down to a reasonable level when he was at 23, 24%, he was a really good player. Um, and even the one year in 2019, he, it jumped up to 28% and it was, you know, he hit the 49 home runs. So it seems like there was a little bit of a sellout for power there. Um, but like we've, like we've talked about with Hanager, I, I kind of prefer him not to sell out for power and, and, you know, he's still capable of hitting 30 home runs. It just seems like maybe he sold out to try and get to, to 40 and 50, which he almost did. Um, and that's hurt his overall approach. But I, I have to watch him. I have to see if the bat speed is still there. Um, but I, I certainly wouldn't rule it out because he still walks quite a bit and he still has that, that really good power. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I, I would say unlikely, but it's it's not zero. I'll say that. And if he does get back to those levels, whew, <laughs> this deal looks even better and better and better. So. Uh, unlikely, but not non-zero chance, I would say. And Jerry DePoto confirms that the player to be named later comes from a list of players that are obviously not on the 40-man roster. There we go. Uh, so any concern about Taylor Trammell, Cal Lewis potentially being involved in the deal, uh, that is now squashed. So it's going to be a prospect. We'll see which one. Could sting a little bit. Obviously, Brandon Williamson stings. But the fact that Jake Fraley and Justin Dunn, after so many Fan Fiction Fridays, if, if you are familiar with our show and have listened to some of our Fan Fiction Friday episodes, we got to eat a little bit of crow here because we did say that uh, Jake Fraley and Justin Dunn were probably never going to get you anything useful or help you get anything useful. But uh, look, I mean, the Reds are kind of weird and uh, <clears throat> kind of dumb, it seems. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't really blame us for feeling that way in, in general, but at the end, <laughs> they did help you get something pretty useful. And, and of course, a little bit of that is also taking on Suarez's contract in full, which does limit the uh, the costs of acquisition of Winker. But still, <laughs> are you surprised that, uh, I mean, how surprised rather? Because uh, I, I know you're probably surprised a little bit, but how surprised are you that Justin Dunn and Jake Fraley are in this deal and helped you get one of the best hitters in baseball? I'm not at all because I totally called it. Um, if you guys know my history, you, you knew I was saying Justin Dunn was the most valuable trade ship the Mariners had. Um, it's a little bit surprising, but to me, it's it's more about the fact that they were willing to take on Suarez's contract. That's what that's the reason why Fraley and Dunn are able to help this thing cross the finish line. Uh, Dunn and Fraley are going to start for the Reds. They're probably Dunn's probably going to be in the starting rotation. Fraley's probably going to be the opening day left fielder. So they get a couple of guys who can help them now but i mean obviously they're not great but they do have some upside um and they were totally expendable for seattle so on that end it's great for seattle um it's 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 great for seattle that they were able to leverage those two pieces that while they still had some value to the team they had clearly been passed over by multiple people um and so i i think it was more suarez uh being willing to take on all of Suarez's money um, than it mm -hmm. was those two guys adding much value. But I, to me, I, I think the best way to look at this is just look at it as Williamson for Winker and then Dunn and Fraley for Suarez. And I think if you look at it like mm -hmm. that, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just easier to break down. Uh, still doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense. Uh, we'll see who the player to be named later is. 
uh, but it sounds by all accounts it's going to be a prospect. Depoto has said said as much. So I, I would say that I would say that really what it, it's probably I think the best way to look at it is Williamson and player to be named later for Winker. Yeah, and then the two other guys for Suarez. And I think if you break the deal down like that, it makes it makes it easier for Seattle fans to put it into perspective. Uh, it's still not going to make much sense for Reds fans, but I mean, nothing could make that true. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not surprised if you look at it from the Suarez for Don and Fraley side of things. All right. So what next, what, where do the Mariners go from here after making this huge trade? Are they done doing big stuff or is there still big stuff on the way? We're going to talk about that but real quick. A reminder, this episode of locked on Mariners is brought to you by bet online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day and just a reminder to check out locked on mlb prospects host Lindsay crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow it's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us so the Mariners not taking on a ton of payroll here, really, even with Suarez's contract. It's not a huge swing for them. And they're only really losing one legitimate prospect right now from their farm. We don't know who the other is, but it seems like it's going to be fairly significant. Again, we'll see, but they still have a lot of bullets to fire. So Colby, do you think they're done doing big stuff? I mean, it's going to be hard to, to top Jesse Winker, right? The, the, like we said earlier, he's one of the best hitters in baseball when he's healthy. But uh, you you think that they maybe are still in the Chris Bryant market, even though that maybe now they have third base filled with with Suarez? Or where do you think they go from here? I wouldn't say they're out on Bryant. Not monetarily, monetarily, they're not. Uh, this this deal really doesn't impact them that way. It's about plus nineteen million dollars, something like that. Um. So I wouldn't say they're out, but I would say it's highly unlikely, especially the way the deal, uh, today's deal comes out. And as we're discussing this, you know, uh, Jerry DePoto says offensively, the Mariners seem to be done transacting. The likelihood is that our offensive team, you're looking at it. Mm. So that would seem to say, you know, this was our big swing. Um, I still think they'll probably add some some guys around the the, the edges. Um, I think maybe Jonathan VR still is a possibility here. Um, and if the market, they're going to be opportunistic. So if the market crashes on somebody like Chris Bryant, um, then I could see them be interested. But I, I think they like where their offense is at. They've added, uh, you know, they've added Suarez, Frazier, and and uh, and Winker. Winker. So it's. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good addition. Uh, did not say they were done totally. I, I think if they're going to make a bigger move, it's going to be pitcher. But again, Jerry Depoto is always working the phones. And so while he sits here and says, yeah, I think this is what our team's going to look like. I mean, how it's good GM do you feel speak. about that? Yeah, because yeah. 
They could trade Frazier. They could trade Suarez. They could trade Toro. They could trade Torrens, um, you know, for pitching. And all of a sudden, there's another need. So uh, I, I think that I, I would take him for, for his word that right now, based on where markets are for everybody else, this is probably about what the lineup's going to look like. But he's always going to be laying back in the weeds and waiting. And I don't think they're done adding. I think they have a bullpen arm to add. And I think they are still going to be pretty aggressive on uh, any kind of uh, maybe a, a Frankie Montes uh, type of guy um, or somebody we couldn't even fathom is actually available via trade. So uh, I don't think they're done per se, but I think the odds of them getting Bryant are, are pretty slim right now. I would assume that there's probably no more interest in outfielders, right? Conforto's probably off the table, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would, I would think so. It's, it's a bummer. I really like Conforto. Uh, the one thing I'd say is that the Mariners outfield defense is going to be very bad early in the year. Um, you know, DePoto has said now that Kyle Lewis isn't going to be ready for opening day. They're going to be very cautious with him. So he's out as a center field possibility. So you're probably looking at Winker and left Kelnick and center and, and Hanniger and right, which, <laughs> Oh my God, that's terrible. Um, so yeah, a, a defensive minded glove or, or I, Kevin Kiermaier maybe even still makes some sense, I think. Um, mm. And, you know, it's interesting. DePoto said that Winker's going to get some at-bats against lefty, so maybe a right-handed platoon uh, who could play some defense uh, makes some sense there, too. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still think that they're going to work around the fringes here, but Winker is, <laughs> uh, as as Twitter is on fire right now, as, as somebody speculates that Jesse Winker might already be the best left fielder in Mariners history. So yeah, I, I I think they're I think they're done with with the huge moves. But if they add somebody like Jonathan VR or somebody like um, I don't know Tommy Pham, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, somebody like that to to complement mm-hmm. uh, the outfield, I think that's still a pretty good possibility. And you know, a guy that we've talked thrown around a little bit, anyways, uh, Billy Hamilton maybe to play some center field mm. in late inning situations. I think that's where they're more likely to go. But uh, yeah, I think the dead ends are in reference to story. And to a certain extent, Brian, I just I feel like I feel like Seattle tried very hard to get those two guys, but yeah, again, it takes two to tango, and they just they're mm-hmm. not they're not going to do that. So, all right, so how does it all fit? How do these guys fit in? Uh, to quote one of our listeners, the geometry of the Mariners lineup and their roster. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, that is. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. And it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Now, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high in protein. So replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low-cal, high fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors they have to offer. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mmm, just sounds so good. 
Now, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K E D 1 5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code L O C K E D 1 5 for 15% off your order at built.com. All right. So, Jerry DePoto has spoken to the media. I think he's still speaking to the media as we're recording this right now, mm-hmm. but uh, he's been talking about. You know where the uh, where Winker and where Suarez are going to be playing, and how they're going to deploy them, and how that's all going to work. So, Colby, where do you think these guys are going to be playing most of their innings, and uh, where do you think they're going to fit in the lineup? I'm going to assume that Winker is going to get most of the time in left field, uh, probably 75 percent of that, and Suarez is going to be the opening day third baseman. Uh, I suspect Toro will still get a fair share at third base, um, especially if Suarez struggles early. Um, but yeah, I think Winker's going to play left and Suarez is going to play third. I think they'll both DH a little bit. Um, and I, I think, you know, Winker might be sitting out a lot of eighth, ninth innings, um, to get, to get some defense out there. So, um, we'll see how it works out, but ultimately both these guys are, are going to play a lot. And I think, I think Winker's probably going to hit third. That'd be my guess. Um, mm. and I think Suarez probably hits fifth or sixth, but, uh, We'll see. We'll see. Are you concerned at all about Winker against lefties and how that may devalue him a little bit? No. Um, because, again, it, it's... Just from the standpoint of, like, you know, the Mariners being done now offensively, at least according to Jerry DeBoto. Right. Right. That right. being the guy that they added is maybe a platoon guy. No, I just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. again, 60, 70% of the at-bats are going to come against righty against right-hand pitching anyways. Um, and again, I, I haven't looked at Winker splits too seriously. Um, to be honest with you, this is all pretty fresh. Um, but unless he's just atrocious against lefties, like unusable, he's going to be fine. I mean, it's obviously you expect some regression there, but, uh, no, I, I don't have any concern that Winker is like the bat they added is too. I, I I'm not sure what the word is. Um, is not multi-dimensional because that that's mm-hmm. a lot of hitters. So we'll see. He was pretty bad against lefties last year. Is does that mean he's going to be bad, or does it mean, hey, Luis Torrance is just going to DH on days against lefties, and Winker will will find the bench, and I have this really great bench bat to use. Um and I get a little bit of a defensive upgrade when there's a lefty on the mound. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Uh, 50, uh, 57 WRSA plus against the lefties last year. Uh, 176, 288, 284 slash line. Right. Um, uh, so in, not, not great. In 2020, it was 137. Mm. Obviously smaller sample size in 2020, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Um, yeah. That was I, 118 plate appearances, by the way. Right, right, right. So, yeah, for the most part, his his he's a he's a righty masher, which is actually okay because you know who's a lefty masher, Luis Torrens and Ty France and, and Mitch Haniger. Um, so that they'll be fine, uh, and eventually uh, Kyle Lewis and Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, <laughs> let let's let's You're not beat around the bush here. here. The Mariners got significantly better today and uh yes. nitpicking little issues with it is uh it's kind of what Mariners probably fans do, not though. what we should be doing right now, right? Like we should be celebrating the fact that the Mariners just got significantly better. 
uh, and it's or, it's it's already started. There are people who are mad that like, oh, this is all you're going to do. And it's like they added two all stars and a Cy Young Award winner. Um, Three all stars. Three all stars. Uh, Suarez made the all star team last year. Oh, you just mean last year? Oh, I just meant in general. Yes. Uh, Robbie Ray, yeah. surprisingly, not one of those all stars, um, believe it or not. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Uh, just never good enough. And, and people are still pointing at the payroll. I saw I saw somebody do it right. Oh, the Mariners payroll is only at $100 million. They're cheap. Okay. Well, if all you're going to do is stare at the payroll, then, yeah, you can be mad. But uh, I'm looking at what they've added. And I think they added conservatively mm, let's see two four six ten ten wins i would say conservatively um and i still think they're gonna add more on the pitching side of things so there you go are they closer to repeating 91s now yes how much closer are they pretty significantly um i think winker's probably a four win bat um and I think Suarez is, is probably closer to a two win bat. So that's, that would be mm-hmm. six wins. Um, obviously that's not exactly how it works, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think they're closer. Uh, I, I would say right now, based on where the roster is still would like another starting pitcher. Um, sure. It would be nice if they could add another outfielder, uh, particularly, you know, one who could hit lefties a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and still some big questions at catcher, uh, that, they're not going to go away. But I look at this roster now and I go, I feel like the floor is probably 500 barring some kind of disastrous injuries, which means the ceiling is, is probably higher than 90 wins. And let's not forget Seattle still has plenty of prospect capital and plenty of uh, payroll flexibility to go be aggressive in June, July. Um, mm-hmm. If, if it, you know, if this team warrants it. So um, yeah, today's a day to celebrate guys. Don't, We'll talk about defensive issues in, in the outfield later. We'll talk about, you know, could they have done more later? Today is a day to be happy that the Mariners added arguably the sixth best hitter in baseball, or at least he was last year. Um, mm. You know, at the very least, the top 30 bat in all of baseball and a, a third baseman who's a, an adequate replacement for Kyle Seeger. And they yeah. did it without it some upside. Yeah. And they did it without sacrificing significantly in the. You, you look at what the Braves gave up for Matt Olson and then what the Mariners gave for Jesse Winker. It's no brainer. Absolute no brainer. Jesse Winker is a better hitter than Matt Olson. <laughs> yep. It's true. I mean, if we're, we're speaking strictly statistically, like Jesse Winker is a better hitter than Matt Olson. Um, yep. At least over the last two years. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy has never had a WRC plus below what? One eleven in five seasons. And some of those are part seasons, but still like, He's also That's ridiculous. He's also 27 years old. He's 20, just uh, 28. 20. He's just now yeah. entering his prime statistically. He mm-hmm. doesn't turn 29 until August either. So this is his age 28 season. Be happy. And if you can't be Incredible, happy today, man. if you can't be happy today, I might suggest to you, you're not really a baseball fan or a Mariners fan. Maybe you need to find mm-hmm. a different Avenue because today is a great day. Um, if, you know, Maybe miss me with the negativity for a couple of days because uh, I'm I'm choosing to be happy today. Hey, and good for Brandon Williamson. Um, yeah, I think he's kind of he's a winner in this situation because wasn't really a clear path for him to get innings this year. I mean, there were there was going to be opportunities for sure if 
because naturally there's going to be injuries and stuff like that. But now there's a very clear shot for him to pitch a considerable amount of innings in Cincinnati this year. We'll see how they handle that. But um, yeah, he's got a good opportunity to, to reach the big league level and, and stick uh, this year. Uh, so that's nice for him. And uh, again, we'll see, you know, what the other, um, what the other prospect is, who the other prospect is rather. Uh, but overall, this is a fantastic deal for Jerry DePoto and the Seattle Mariners. They got significantly better today uh, offensively, just as a team in general. And um, yeah, they're looking, uh, they're looking primed to compete. This is looking a lot more how we were, uh, we were hoping it would look, um, you know, this still came as a bit of a surprise because like we spent the whole lockout talking about pretty much every single baseball player under the sun and still somehow Jerry DePoto found a way to surprise us, which I think we all should have expected anyway. I think we only talked about Winker once or maybe twice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I didn't think that they would be able to get him at this, uh, this price. But um, how about that? You know, sometimes surprises are uh, good. Very good. All right. So that is going to do it for our show. And thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. Be sure to listen to the other show that we posted earlier today. We talked about the Steven Souza minor league signing. We talked about what the twins are doing and how that kind of impacts the Mariners or maybe not. And uh, talked about our general offseason thoughts before the Winker deal. So a little bit of it is irrelevant, but I still suggest listening to that show. It's a good show. And uh, yeah, but for Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez at C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's President Pass. It's free wherever you get your podcast, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you on Wednesday. Peace.